Welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. What's up, Nittany Lion fans? Welcome back to the Nittany Blues podcast. We are joined by Bill and Fred for another edition of Bill and Fred's Excellent Tailgate. So we're switching things up a little bit this time around to bring you some helpful tailgate tips for this upcoming clash against Ohio State. Uh, Just trying to get you ready and prepared for that noon kickoff. So first off, Dad, Fred, welcome back to the show, as always. Thanks. Thank you. So uh, let's just start off, you know, with the epic day of tailgating that we had this past Saturday. I mean, it was a, it was a long day. We were all just talking about it just before recording here. Um, started out early on in the morning, went obviously all the way up until that seven o'clock kick against Minnesota. So talk a little bit about, you know, just how much fun Saturday was. Did you guys enjoy just uh, all the cooking that you did, the insane number of people that we did communion with? So I'll just uh, hand the floor over to you. Well, of course it was fun. Uh, I think, uh, Actually, it probably we've got a lot of people helping now, which uh, which I and really worked out nice. Like everybody yes. kind of pull, pulled their weight, and while Bill and I were cooking, somehow communion just sort of got done most of the time. You know, Andrew, uh, not not you, Andrew, but the other Andrew, uh, you know, would start start pouring the the communion cups with enough time to get them all filled in. So that was that was nice because especially midday when we were doing all the deep fryer stuff, that was a pretty much constant, constant cook to pump all that stuff through the deep fryer. So um, it was nice to just sort of most, most hours just kind of walk away two minutes before go participate in communion and then walk back to cooking. Good stuff. So I know that uh, the communion crowd for the rainy game against Northwestern was pretty big, but uh, was this the most number of people that, the tailgate has seen for a single communion so far. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't count, but I would say yes for sure. <laughs> uh, every, everyone seems to get bigger. So, yeah, which is great. Yeah, it was. That was a lot of fun. That was that was really good. And on a related note, if you're listening to the show for the first time because you saw our logo at said communions, uh, welcome. So, yeah, another thank you to Jim and Pam for helping us spread the word and for David, obviously, uh, helping us recruit participants of the hourly communion. Because, I mean, Vince, uh, I mean, talk about what uh, thrill it was to just talk to that many people at once to share our our wacky communion predictions. It was such a thrill to be getting everyone pumped up at the tailgate. Like, I feel like hype man is just my new calling and that's what I should do for a living. (laughs) <laughs> Vince Vidali, a professional hype man and podcaster has a nice ring to it. What's that pay? Yeah, <laughs> probably not great, but uh, I, I got all of it from watching uh, Brian Dawkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. He always got me hyped. So I, I had good inspiration. I, I don't know if the, the guy that was really good with the cowbell and, and you know what I mean? The song, the PSU song with it, I guess, he was part of their tailgate or not, but he was like that, that was a, an element that really, I thought made it really a lot of fun. 
Yeah, he kind of seemed to like kick things off every hour. Like he was getting everybody's attention with the cowbell. We did the thing. And then everybody was just kind of looking at David then because, you know, he's dressed in all white as the Pope. (laughs) So they were kind of looking for the announcement and looking for like what to do. So, yeah, it kind of added a little something to it. Yeah, Yeah, I think the cowbell guy, I I definitely think he's part of... um part of their group because he also had really good timing he uh he sort of got things underway and and stopped the waiting right people gather and they gather and we've pre-poured as many as we've pre-poured a ton of of communion cups but bill and i and and a couple other people actually were often pouring some extra ones while you know while people were coming up and it could have gone on forever right if we just kept pouring and people would just keep coming so the the cowbell just kind of let everybody know, all right, this is get underway. Um, if you don't have one by now, you're not getting one. And and off we went. So, yeah. And I don't know. It was the, I can't remember there. They all ran together, but um, there, there was one where I don't think we were quite ready. And so I yelled over to the guy to run it again. <laughs> and he was like right on the money and ran it again to give us this, like, you know, another 60 seconds to like <laughs> catch up. Yeah, there there was one communion where actually one of the one of the participants um, started helping helping pour, <laughs> because, which I appreciated because um, we were yeah we were behind at least one of them we were quite behind um, getting them poured because because everyone was bigger right so like we kept pre pouring more but each one more people came. I'd love to know what uh, David's exact pitch was to bring that many people in because I don't know I mean. It, <laughs> Like you'd you'd think that, you know, maybe some people would come, but it seems like largely people would kind of be like, eh, you know, maybe this isn't for me. But I mean, whatever he said worked. I got a guy in a Pope outfit with a bottle of fireball. Mm -hmm. Who wouldn't want to go to that? (laughs) I I think as the hours went on, the pitch got a lot easier. Well, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's true. That's true. And by the way, and it was great to see, I have to say, uh, it was great to see. We had a fair number, especially as the day went on, a fair number of families uh, bringing their kids up to get their apple juice and stuff. So that was kind of fun as well. Yeah, because we have as much apple juice as we do everything else and stuff. And so, you know, like they actually knew where to go to get that. And that was. Yeah. Yeah. The new signage is ready for next week. Oh, nice. It'll be even easier. So let's talk a little bit about the food too. So, I mean, you guys cooked up a storm the entire day. What was your favorite thing to either eat or cook? You know, I, I've said it on the previous one. I was waiting for the buffalo wings. And, you know, at a lot of these tailgates, we do a lot of cooking and I don't do a whole lot of eating. And, but I made sure I got my share of, of the buffalo wings. And the sweet hot was really good. Yeah, the uh, the wings, the wings. I'm I'm a buffalo wing guy, man. I I could eat a ton of buffalo wings, so that was probably my favorite. And actually, we didn't do this on purpose, but the order the order Bill and I went in, I think, uh, left more wings for us. Yes, <laughs> like I said, we, we didn't do it that way on purpose, but we cooked all the uh, all the sort of well, we cooked all the non meat stuff essentially first, um, and there was quite a bit of it, um, including fresh cut fries. So we were cooking a lot of that stuff. Um, and it's a big fryer. It's a four gallon fryer, but you know, you can only cook so much so fast. So onion rings, fries, I don't know, vegetable egg rolls. God, I can't even mm-hmm. think of all the stuff, the cheese sticks. I thought the fish turned um, out really good and we're definitely going to do, fish turned out awesome. we're going to do that again. Uh, yeah. and I, I have a couple yeah. of ideas in the future to make it a little bit less messy, 
that I may test out yeah. next summer or next season. Donuts. We, have, we fry donuts in the morning time. Those are always awesome. I love those donuts. Um, so, yeah, actually, I love the donuts. So wing, wings and then donuts for dessert are my favorites. Yeah, for sure. I think the donuts were were my favorite. What about you, Vince? What was your uh, kind of food of choice from the day, since there were so many to pick from? Man, that's a tough. I feel like we'll need to do an episode of like power rankings of the best fried food at the tailgate. <laughs> but um, I think I really enjoyed the donuts. They were delicious. Uh, wings were great. Uh, onion rings I enjoyed a lot. Uh, mozzarella sticks like fantastic all around for sure and uh the, the timing of the donuts was like perfect too because we arrived from our parking spot and then like shortly after that we had like hot fresh donuts it was just the sequence of it was was perfect so uh yeah let's let's talk a little bit about the game too you know while we're at this so this was uh you know one of penn state's more successful whiteout games in terms of uh the end result on the field um so did you guys like what you saw from the nittany lions uh thought that um you know they kind of turned things around after a disappointing outing against michigan like what were some of your takeaways well i actually i liked everything that i saw i like we got the tight ends involved um i'm a little bit bummed i was 25 yards short of my prediction of 200 yards of rushing but it turned out to be enough so it's not a big deal, but uh, I thought the offensive line looked better. I thought it was like the perfect bounce back game from the previous week. Like we put that behind us and yeah, I think we're, I think we're fine. Yeah, I, I agree. Obviously it was a, it was a fun game to watch. Um, as everybody's already said, a little bit of a slow start made me nervous. Um uh, and I, and I have to give, I'll give a, since we've talked Clifford, uh, a few times on here, I got, I have to give Clifford, Clifford was Clifford, right? He was good at what everybody says he's good at, which is being kind of tough and persevering. And, uh, after a slow start and a horrible interception and crowd booze, you know, I've watched some of the plays, uh, on television after the day and, you know, there were some nice passes in there. Um, so I thought he did, I thought he did quite well. And I too failed. My prediction, I think, was three sacks. We fell short of that, obviously. But, but I think it, I think it's one sack and six hurries. I think a bunch of tackles for loss. So you know, not too bad. Yeah, that's hard to hard to argue with that. I, I do want to quickly touch on the one thing that you did mention though was the boo. So I think that's something that's a little uncharacteristic uh, of the Beaver Stadium crowd, at least in the past, like five or six years, or at least in that intensity. So what did you guys think of like kind of the early booze from the offensive struggles? Like, are you like, did it leave a sour taste in your mouth? Like, where do you think it came from? And uh, do you think it's at all warranted? That ain't right. I don't like that. <laughs> and I think it's, it's not us. And I don't know who these people are that are doing that, but we're at home and you just don't do that. And I didn't even actually catch it because of maybe we weren't paying attention before the game actually started. But I heard it on Steve Jones on Monday, I guess when they were actually over the PA system introducing like the starting players, like the apparently when they announced Sean Clifford as the starter, there was booze for that. And yeah, I, I that that's not right. It's not right. I don't know the people booing what they think they know about this but 
it's just not right. It's just, it's not us. I agree, especially the the like you said, Bill, the booing at him, his announcement is especially bad. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't like it any time. So certainly not. Well, never like really. The, like never, the very never beginning college, of the game. Yeah, the very beginning of the game. Right. It, it's just like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I guess. Well, it's been a, it's been an ongoing problem, but I imagine the slow start. Obviously, everybody got their mindset out that here we go again, but. And there's always been, it's always bothered me. Like there's always individuals around our seats, for example, who think they know everything and, you know, evidently could coach the team to a undefeated season every year. Um, but, you know, it's one or two around you and they're talking to themselves or the few people around them, not, not booing out onto the field. I mean, we, we're, we're all discontent about performance at various points, right? But, but right. we're not booing the team. Full, uh, full disclosure, I, I, yeah. I was negative Nancy the first, like, two series. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I think Bill, we all were. Bill was the most negative I've ever seen him. He's <laughs> usually pretty positive. I'm the one going, oh, here we go again. Bill, Bill was, Bill was if, if the game had kept going that way, oof. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, after after that Clifford interception, I mean, that was that was bad, bad. Yeah, it was a bad interception. <laughs> I was going to ask for the Van Keys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah i mean as you as you said though fred i mean clifford really turned it around he was actually named uh the big 10 offensive player yeah. of the week yeah. uh, for his performance and franklin really drove that home in his press conference today with uh the media during his uh his usual weekly press conference um he basically said yes and sean was big 10 offensive player of the week and then just sat there in silence just basically <laughs> allowing it to just kind of set in and be like yeah, like guys, he's still good at this. <laughs> so, yeah. Anywho, uh, you know, glad that Penn State got the win. Obviously, I mean, they did a lot of things right. Um, they got another uh, home game coming up against a drastically different opponent um, in terms of overall skill level and expectations on their season output. Uh, so we'll get to that here in a second. But you know, before that game happens, um, you know, there is always the tailgating, and that's going to be kind of the central. Um, like theme or question of this particular podcast. So instead of asking you guys for just uh, tailgating tips off the cuff for, you know, whatever you can think of, I wanted to ask you a specific prompt and that is how to tailgate for a noon game, because obviously you have less time to work with. Um, you have to factor in travel and if you want to do any food and games and stuff like that. So I felt it might be a bit of a, an interesting discussion to hear your thoughts on how to best like maximize your time and make sure that you're kind of tailgated up for the game. All right. Well, I mean, as you said, the food takes a bit more consideration because we essentially split it into two. You know, what are we going to do pregame? What are we going to do after the game? And obviously pregame doesn't leave a ton of time. Um, so yeah, I've said on previous uh, pods, I tend to be the, the breakfast guy on these types of days. So I'll be bringing, uh, I'll be bringing my, my usual um, breakfast casserole and a few other things, but the, the egg and hash brown and cheese and meat casserole thing seems to go over pretty well. People like it. And it's something again, because of the noon game, I actually bake it right before we go um and so you know we get there it's hot there's nothing to cook right it's just it's just there and ready um which is big right we've got you know 
three hours tops in the morning before the game. So uh, we need to, we need to get it set up and, and ready fast. That's the other thing. Bill and I move faster. That saves a little bit of time. We set up as quickly as humanly possible. Yes. I'm, I'm the guy saying, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. That's right. <laughs> and, and everything. But, you know, as far as like for these noon games, it, like I said, we can't do the, we can't do the menu where we have to actually prepare stuff there because of that. So when these noon games, most of the stuff is like stuff that can be pre-cooked at home and brought. Like An- Andrew's bringing uh, pulled pork. We'll have pulled pork. So that'll be done and there. So you'll be able to eat that before you go into the game. And then the things that take a little bit more, you know, work and preparation and stuff will happen after the game. Uh, we're bringing the air fryer for this game. And I'm bringing your your sister and your mother love soft pretzels. So we're bringing a bunch of soft pretzels and we're going to do them in the air fryer. Um, and I'm bringing jalapeno poppers. And we, we test ran the, the uh, Southwest uh, spring rolls tonight. And it works great. We'll do that after the game. So, I mean, basically what it is, it's like pre-prep stuff before a game, things that take more time after the game. Gotcha. And in terms of timeline, like what time are you guys looking to get to the tailgating lots to make sure that you're making the most of this time? I, I actually, uh, I, I, we hadn't formally decided, but uh, Bill, I'm, I'm thinking we leave the house at eight, actually. Oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. You, yeah, you mean you're into it, right? Oh yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm usually pacing the house at like 10 after eight. All right, let's go. Come on. We got to wait. Yeah, no, I think uh, especially with the opponent we have, people are going to start pouring into that lot early. We we need to yeah, because get there and establish. It actually opens at seven. We're not going to get there till eight, so we're an hour behind them. But um, I don't know. We I've never timed it, but it's kind of amazing how quickly we can assemble all of the stuff that we have. But yeah, you know, especially it helps. Which which it helps if you have this last one. It was just. It was Fred and I for a little bit, and then Andrew showed up and, and helped out a lot, uh, and Trish. But, you know, if we have, like, normally two other people that ride in the RV, that helps a ton with with getting stuff out and getting stuff set up. I think yeah, that would by, be a by fun the way, TikTok, guys, seeing how quick you can set up a uh, tailgate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've never we've never timed ourselves, but uh, we we've done it pretty fast a couple of times because there's been a few times where we leave. There's been a couple of times, Bill, right, where we've left the house at eight thirty. We get there, which only takes maybe ten minutes or so. Yeah, we had game day on at nine. Right, we've had that. Bill has had this criteria that I got to get game day on before before it starts <laughs> at nine, which means you know not necessarily mm-hmm. everything set up, but to have the <laughs> dish up and operational means a fair amount of it is is going yeah and, um, and, the way, and by the way the way, by the way vincent andrew before i forget you know if we're going to be there that early to me that means there's a 9 a.m communion and at least one <laughs> of your butts has to be there right <laughs> i'll make sure to get up right mr hype mr hype 9 a.m yeah. hype man vince Fidelli. yeah because my be inis- my initial prediction which i ha- i did the very first one whatever did not come true <laughs> <laughs> So actually, Andrew and I are now tied with Andrea. We both had one communion prediction come true this past weekend. Mine was that we would have four false start, forced four false starts, and we forced five. 
from the whiteout crowd. So that happened. And then Andrews came true as well. Andrew, yours, what was your prediction again? It was no sacks. No sacks. So that happened as well. So, you know, Andrew and I are up into the competition and we'll see who can get the best score by the end uh, of the season. Well, actually, no, I don't, don't want to. Andrea is one and oh. Yeah, I was going to say our batting average is so, uh, way lower. <laughs> I really think for this one, it's so important. I think Andrea needs to do one. At least this time, this is the thing about that one and O prediction. She had no idea she was going to be asked to make one. So that was like an off the cuff prediction that turned out to be right. Um, but this time I'll warn her. We'll see what she comes out with. Yeah. Whatever, whatever puts us in the best position uh, for victory against a, uh, a seemingly unbeatable opponent. So no pressure on her. No, no pressure. <laughs> So are, are, uh, are we, are you allowed to make a negative prediction? <laughs> I mean, you could, but I think that kind of defeats the spirit of the whole thing. I agree. I do not have agree. but it might, it might increase her chances. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, so this is all great stuff. I have one final question for you guys on this topic. So, you know, it seems like a big theme here is preparation before game day you know just like getting all your food ready so that you're not really cooking stuff in the tailgate lots and kind of wasting the time doing that and spending more time you know drinking and having fun so what do you what would you say is uh, kind of like a good food for kind of the average fan or the average tailgater to prepare for a tailgate um who maybe doesn't maybe don't have the uh the culinary chops that you guys do <laughs> barbecue yeah, and I, I wouldn't say anything specific other than, you know, whatever your favorite, like, crock pot thing yes, is. Yes, something know, you, you just, can make. You just bring it there. You bring it there. You you plug it in, and it's there all day. It's warm, you know, um, whatever your favorite, you know. And most 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 families have at least inherited a good old-fashioned crock pot recipe or two. So Yeah, even if it's chili, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Perfect. So thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, then let's move on to the opponent. Um, so after all that tailgating is done, Penn State still needs to play a game against the vaunted Ohio State Buckeyes, currently ranked number two in the country. They're a heavy favorite in Beaver Stadium this upcoming Saturday. So what are some of your initial thoughts on this game? A lot of things are going to have to go right for us, and we're going to need to play. Clifford needs to play the game he played last Saturday, and I think Ohio State's going to need to help us a little bit. And I think that's where we, the fans, come in. Yeah, I certainly agree with all that. Um, you know, it's hard to tell exactly what we've got since we've been a little inconsistent. But I will say, I do think we're probably the best team they've played so far this season. I think at this right, they haven't played anybody ranked. I mean, Notre Dame was ranked at the time, but that was coming into the season. And I think they've proven they didn't deserve that rank. Right. So, you know, we're, we're I can at least say that. So, so therefore, there's some chance, right? Because I, I think we probably are the best team they've played all season. Yeah, and, and for the most part, it seems like Penn State usually plays Ohio State pretty close in Beaver Stadium. Like the the result, uh, you know, hasn't really gone our way in most of those matchups outside of 2016. But at least we've been competitive at home. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as I mentioned, you know, uh, Ohio State is a pretty heavy favorite right now. They're listed as a 15 and a half point favorite over the Nittany Lions. Do you guys think that that's too low, just right, too high. Like, uh, you know, it seems like Vegas thinks that this is just almost an unstoppable team. So are they right? Too high. Uh, This will lead into my communion prediction. With 10 minutes to go in this game, it's going to be a one-score game. 
my my uh well yeah i can't i don't have it in me to uh to go that negative right i mean obviously it could happen you know they could possibly they're very possibly the best team in the country blah 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 oh yeah I have to I have to sort of assume what Bill listed is is right, right? We're gonna we're gonna play our game. Clifford's gonna play, you know, like last week or Auburn and um and yeah, you know, maybe there's a turnover or two and some false starts that we help out with and things will go our way. So I can't do anything but be positive. So my uh my my communion prediction, I'm going riskier this week, obviously, but so I think Ohio State has scored 45 or better in every game since Notre Dame. Uh, they'll be lucky to get – they're going to do just over half of that. 28-24, PSU. Nice. Okay, so predicting a Penn State victory. <laughs> I cannot not predict a Penn State victory. Ain't hey, you know, that that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think, honestly, more more optimism and positivity just out into the universe is never a bad thing. Hey, if I'm going to be this. wrong, I'd rather be wrong like that. I'm not, you know. Hey, that's fair. Yeah, we we actually have a uh, we have a college pick'em competition uh, for my new-ish job, like where we have to um, select winners from a set of ten college games every weekend. And anytime that a Penn State matchup has shown up in that set, I've put I've picked Penn State and I've set the maximum number of confidence points that I could on Penn State. So I'm I'm with you. Like I'm just I'm riding with them, <laughs> win or lose. So, Dad, what about you? What do you got in your uh, prediction back pocket? Well, like I said, my prediction is that this is going to be a one-score game with 10 minutes to go in the game. I refuse to enter a contest thinking that it's a no-win situation, which is, I just can't do that. Um, I say we win by two. I don't know what the score cool. is going to be. <laughs> I just say <laughs> We win by a all, safety. All, all I can tell you is that if Clifford has the start that he has next week that he had this week, they're going to make you pay for that. Right. That, that Minnesota did not. So you better not have that same first two series. Otherwise this thing's going to go upside down real quick. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, this is quite possibly the most prolific passing attack that college football has seen since like Joe Burrow um, and LSU. Cause I mean, they're just a slew of receivers that average over 15 yards a reception. It just seems like they're throwing a 50-yard bomb for a touchdown like every two minutes in a game. So, yeah, I mean, Penn State has to play clean. They have to just basically be perfect in almost all facets of the execution. And then we start to talk about, you know, chances to win the game. Right. You got to be in it to win it. But while we're doing this, I read a story today. I don't remember who the author is. But he's doing this thing called the Road of College Football. I don't know if you saw that. And it was almost like this guy went, he's on this quest to do this bucket list thing. And the the whiteout was one of them. And this guy is an Alabama grad in doing this. And he basically, he was there on Saturday. And just his, like, you know, his his description of the whole thing and, you know, his description of the, like the tailgating and everything. And bottom line is that basically he said, you know, SEC thinks they're, you know, all that he goes, they don't hold anything on Penn state and, and the atmosphere and the game day experience that we put out there. And he was, it was just nothing, but he was just in awe of 
of what he saw and what he experienced. And, you know, he said all of the fans were, you know, all the people in the, in the parking lots and stuff were nice to him and stuff. And, and just, he goes, you would go, you'd be walking and people would introduce, you know, just tell you to, Hey, come on over to our tailgate. You know? So, so it was a really good story about how just spectacular. He's like, we, we basically cornered the market on one of the greatest, you know, game day experiences that you can have. That's really cool. Do you still have the link to that article? Uh, I'll find it. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I'm Googling to try and I'll find go it. For it. Yeah, I, I think it's CF College Football. I'll find it. Um, but it All was right. basically this guy showed up and it was like, it, it's his, he's like going on this quest to go to like the different uh, things. But he's like, you know, you know, Death Valley at night. He said, Death Valley at night's nothing compared to the whiteout, which. <laughs> Which which leads me back to like remember last year when Auburn was there and those guys were just like, you know, I've been to Death Valley at night and six Iron Bowls and I've never seen anything like this. These people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean, pretty awesome that uh, you know our friends down south confirming what we already believed and hold and uh, held to be true. So. But if you do find that link, I will put it in the in the show notes of this episode, so all of you listening out there can read that and uh, kind of enjoy his recap of the experience for yourself. Uh, but for now, I think that'll pretty much put a bow on what we wanted to discuss. Obviously, we got some really great tailgating tips out of this. Got some thoughts on the matchup against Ohio State. We got two optimists here for Penn State's chances against the Ohio State Buckeyes. So hoping for kind of a repeat of 2016 with a a nice upset over that team from Ohio. So uh, with that, you know, thank you both as always for joining the show. I I hope that uh, you continue to have a good time with us here on the Nittany Blues pod. Oh, it was Thanks awesome. Us. Yep. Go good guys. <laughs> Go good guys indeed. So uh, yeah, we'll sign off for now and we will see you in the next episode.